As culture lets go of the knowledge of God, evil rises. And that is today's Morning Moxie. Welcome to the Morning Moxie show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp. Today we have part two of Rice Brooks' message about the power of a seed. Here's Rice. Then notice the next verse, or verse 16 rather. It says, and these are the ones on, sown on rocky ground, the ones that hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, but they have no firm root in themselves, but endure for a while, temporary. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall, fall away. Now what this is saying is that we have to be self-aware enough to know that there are things inside of us that are the hindrances that will, that will be the, the seeds to our own destruction. The Bible says whoever trusts themselves is a fool. One of the most chilling verses is Proverbs 19.3, and it says, a man's folly ruins his life, yet his heart rages against the Lord. In other words, the last thing we're willing to do is to call a foul on ourselves. That's why when you watch a sporting match or a political debate, when you see everything lining up in a partisan way, you recognize that, that all of us have that kind of prejudice. What is the ultimate prejudice? It's not e ethnic racism or prejudice. It's ultimately prejudice to our own feelings and to what we want. Very rarely do you see the person call the foul on themselves. Yeah, I did it. In the old days when you fouled in basketball, they made you raise your hand and kind of look at the referee and say, yes, I did that. That's lost now. No one ever, it's, it's, I never did it. I didn't do it. I mean, you can have blood everywhere. No, I didn't touch them. <laughs> and yet humility, the second key is the humility to recognize there's something inside of me. It's almost like a self-destruct button that's there. And that if we listen to our feelings, to our anger, to our sense of justice, which always is inordinately stacked in favor of when we are transgressed. It's like fear. You notice how selfish fear is? Fear, you know, you're, you're, you're never as afraid. If you're afraid of flying, you're not really afraid for me. Isn't, isn't that true? It's like, if you've got a fear of flying, you know, well, hey, Pastor Rice, I'm afraid, don't go up in that airplane. It's like the guy I heard one time was working out at, a, at an airport, but never wanted to fly. And the guy said, why don't you go up, come up, come up with me. He says, no, I don't want to get up there. And you know, you know, something happened. And the guy said, well, yeah, but you're not going to die until your time comes. He said, yeah, but what if I get up with you and your time comes and I'm with you? <laughs> and other, but fear is always going to try to inordinately speak to you and make it about you. And so does everything else that comes to fight against us. It's all about us. And the hardest thing, that's why Jesus said, if you want to be my, my follower, here's what you do. Pick up your cross and follow me. Now, what does he mean by pick up your cross? The cross of Christ was the ultimate end of what someone wanted. Why would the greatest person that ever lived want to end his life or have his life ended in that kind of violent, traumatic way. But Jesus said, if you want to follow me, pick up your cross 
The cross represents, as A.W. Tozer once said, the abrupt violent end to a life. And so what we do is we pick up our cross, meaning that we say, Lord, if I'm following you, that means is that I'm, car- I'm carrying the fact around the, the, the awareness that it's not about me anymore. It's not what I feel. It's not what I think. Hey, I think this. Yeah, but the word of God says this. Yeah, but now that I'm a follower of Christ, Lord, not my will, but what you say. And if you've never come to this moment to where everything in you wants to do this, but you look at God's word and say, yeah, I know everything in me says this, but here's what God's word says. So you'll begin to, you'll begin to kind of to help yourself become aware of what that voice of self, that voice of self is trying to masquerade as the voice of God. Amen. Now, look at, the, look at the, the third negative he's mentioning. It says, and these are the, among, the, the ones among thorns. These are the ones who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So now the ground, the word is there, but yet there's something else. There's a distraction. There's other seeds sown. There are other voices that are there. On Twitter, when I got through with this, I don't think I even told you this, Logan, but uh, so this, this young man tweeted back after I'd left, and he said, he said, my atheism was deeply shaken after I listened to you until I got home and my astrophysicist roommate straightened me out and showed me and destroyed, destroyed your arguments on the fine-tuning of the universe, basically saying that if you're looking for evidence for God from the very beginning of what people call the Big Bang, the universe was, was finely tuned. The laws of physics were, were it was like somebody had knobs like on the soundboard and all these little, you know, from gravity to, to the strong and weak force, all of this. And so he's hearing this and all of a sudden he's saying his atheism is shaken. And what happened? Something else entered in and choked the word. Now, obviously, I didn't just leave it in a, in a physical explanation. We talked about the truth of God being the creator. You'll hear something, but all of a sudden, some other voice will enter in and choke the word. So you have to be careful. What, notice what he says here. And then, of course, he goes, these are the ones on good ground. They, 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 yield, they hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, 30, 60, and 100 fold. We're going to end about how that can be us. But notice what he says. And he said to them, is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest nor is anything secret except to come to light. Now, you know that by now. Everything you and I do is coming out. There are no secrets. I mean, I, I, somebody told me one time, they said, because I travel a lot to the Middle East and different things, they said, well, we, we, we think your phones are tapped. So sometimes when I'm talking to people on the phone and I think something's being said that if somebody else was listening, it might be understood. I just talk to the wiretappers. I said, now if you're a wiretapper listening to this, let me explain what he just meant. We're talking about explosive growth in a church. There's nothing, uh, don't read into that. I mean, I just assume that people are listening or watching. Anything bad happens to me, like if somebody's really, you know, doing something that inconveniences me, I just assume I'm going to be on YouTube. I just start waving as if somebody's filming this. 
You know, it's like if I'm in a line and the temptation is to get mad, nothing I do is going to not be made manifest. That's called the fear of the Lord in a way. And that's why the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the beginning of knowledge. You see, what's happening to our culture, Romans chapter 1 says it this way. It says they did not want to retain the knowledge of God any longer, so therefore God gave them over to a depraved mind. So since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave it, that that one translation doesn't do it justice. The other translations will say this way, and since they did not see fit to retain the knowledge of God. Acknowledging isn't just giving a courtesy nod, like, yeah, hey God, I got you, you know, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, I love the, I love the Bible. Getting, we're not looking at a little nod. Okay, my son drives a Jeep. You know, when Jeep people pass each other, they give a little courtesy nod, you know. We're not talking about the courtesy nod. This is acknowledging, this is, I don't want to hold on to this any longer. I am tired of this word uh, inconveniencing me and, then, and, and, and telling me I'm wrong. I don't want to be wrong. I don't want anybody telling me I'm wrong. I don't want to be judged. And so the word, no longer do we want to hold on to that. And once we don't want to retain it, then it says God gives you over. So guess what? As the culture lets go of the knowledge of God, evil rises. Because the knowledge of God acts like an immune system. As we've said before, the fear, there are two kinds of fear. There's good fear and bad fear, like cholesterol. The bad fear is the phobias that God does not want you to have. God has not given you a spirit of fear. But the good fear is the fear of God. And it's that sense of that even if there's any doubt in my mind that what am I doing is wrong, I'm going to not take a chance because I don't want to stand before God one day which I will, and have to give an account for this. That was Rice Brooks, and you can find that on YouTube if you search under Rice Brooks, The Power of a Seed. You can also find out more information at his website, ricebrooks.com, and that's R-I-C-E-B-R-O-O-C-K-S.com. Hope you have an amazing day, and I will see you again tomorrow. God bless. God bless.